0: Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, Nicole. Hey, Rolando.
1: So, question. How many movies did uh, this director that everyone loves but is, I think, overrated? Quentin Tarantino. How many movies did he say he's going to direct in his lifetime before he stops making movies? 10, 10. What number are we on? Nine. We're on number nine. Okay. Now do you think he said that because he's planning after his 10th film to just direct TV shows exclusively? Because I feel that's where Hollywood is just going. Like we're just getting a straight up flood of directors saying
0: it's like, goodbye film. I'm going to do, I'm going to TV now. Um, no so he although he is planning on making a mini series which is funny enough there you go he said it's not going to be his last film but he actually wants to focus on writing so for Mm. him writing television probably right no books like i have his book and stuff oh like oh gross i know who reads books right no losers (laughs) 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 and they're in book clubs too but I do think for everyone else cuz you're talking about the exception to the rule here, right? Like Tarantino's an exception to the rule, but most of them will do probably exactly what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, even I think... Martin Scorsese has directed television. Has he? Was he directed? He directed Final? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> David Fincher has directed television. He's a director yes. of Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, you know, so. Uh,
1: yeah, he did he did uh Manhunter, right? Mindhunter? Mindhunter, yes. Yes. Mindhunter. Uh which I liked. I thought that was a, a good show. No, the reason and the reason I bring this up is because I I don't know, I feel like maybe Quentin Tarantino give enough money and he'll do a Netflix original series. A reimagining of some sorts, just like Tim Burton did in today's episode, Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I've got opinions. I've been dying to talk about this since last week, so let's get right into it. I'm Rolando. And I'm Nicole. And this is Remakes, Reboots,
0: and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. unoriginality. A family member of mine who listens to the show was like, Rolando only rolls his R for his name. He doesn't roll his R at any other point in the show. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like the flair true? he gives. You don't oh, say. Yeah, it's for my name.
1: Yeah, you don't what, say. Remakes. Remakes. That's not. <laughs> that's not how you pronounce it. Remakes. <laughs> Reboots and I'm not like Sofia Vergara. You should be.
0: I'm actually disappointed I, that you're not.
1: Uh, she's like her character is such a caricature that like it. It in retrospect, it's a little problematic. I enjoy the show. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming for it. I'm just saying. But like. If you peel back, that she is the source of comedy because she is an other.
0: Yes, exactly. I love her. I think she's great. But like when white people are like, "Oh, she reminds me of Sofia Vergara," I get very upset. Right. Yeah. Who? Interestingly
1: enough, I was just like, "Why didn't we cast her as Morticia?"
0: Yeah. Are we just gonna get straight to the thing you've been wanting <laughs> to it's talk about? Just, oh my god! Get right into so it. So <laughs>
2: been holding, holding this
0: in. Well, you're not going to tell me about, you know, your weekend at the, the game con that you went to. You oh, just- yeah, sure. So Eddie and I went to PAX
1: Unplugged. What's up, guys? If anyone was there and knows I was in the podcast, we had a few fans come up to me being like, hey, aren't you Rolando from the Remix Reboots and Revivals? No, that didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, but interestingly enough, I did. We ended up getting to the tail end of like this meet and greet of YouTube stars right they do like dungeons and dragons youtube videos and it was one of those weird things where i'm just like who we are meet and greeting youtubers now like i guess this is the era we're in right so where's my meet and greet is what i'm saying
0: well where's we your to... youtube well no we have a podcast <laughs> we have a po- we where have, is we have podcast listeners. we have we have who subscribers write us emails. and yeah. like my mom doesn't have that many you know emails so they're not all my mom So, Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it just made me wonder. It's just like, wow,
1: we're, like, really in this new era of uh, media production. And I think that ties into, ultimately, like, the interesting decision of having Tim Burton go to, you know, a serialized TV show like Netflix and stuff. It's just like, because I think it's just, we're seeing, like, these big powerhouse names, like, just, like, kind of moving away from, from the screen, which is something that I i enjoy films i do but it's just like i just enjoy watching tv shows more because i think you just get a better story sometimes not all the time not sometimes. all the time
0: uh yeah.
1: but yeah no uh pack some plugs was fun we got to uh check out some new games and uh i got to play some blood on the clock tower which is more or less a social deception game only got to play one round of it only because it was so packed like this place was just packed
0: wow uh, yeah
1: otherwise how, how about you
0: well, I didn't go, so... I mean, how was your weekend? What Did you did you see anything exciting? <laughs> uh, Last m- movie I saw was The Fablemans, the new Spielberg movie.
1: Oh, how is it? I'm actually considering watching that.
0: I thought it was great. It's amazing that this guy at 74 years old is still, you know, pulling out bangers. Because West Side Story last year was also one of the best films of last year. Um, I mean,
1: I know we knocked down old people, but, like, they, they're still running our country. So I guess we shouldn't be putting them down completely.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, not everyone at his age is pulling out the quality of work he's doing. I'll say that. Not everyone um, at his age has money. So, Well, there's... I mean, there's plenty of filmmakers that continue making movies till they're old and they're not very good. Mm. Um, like, so... Mm-hmm. I, do you want an example?
1: Yeah, that's a like.
0: Oh, like... Um, So it's hard because Spielberg is such a household name and such a big one that he's also, he's another one of those exceptions to the rule. Um, I mean, even the old school studio filmmakers, you know, like Michael Curtiz or Howard Hawks that were making it in Hollywood, you know, their last films were terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Billy Wilder, who made sunset boulevard and some like it hot in the apartment in double indemnity like his last movie was buddy buddy in 1981 like that's what he was doing in his 70s a movie you've never heard of a movie that's not yeah, available no. and it's not very good but like if this was spielberg's last film i mean this could be an oscar contender so that's like the quality he's doing at his age while other filmmakers weren't so um but you know it's hard for me to pull one now because like you say they're going to television uh but most people have already been great.
1: involved in television
0: yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg was involved with Amazing Stories and Twilight Zone back in the eighties mm-hmm. too. So, um, which we
1: didn't cover. Most amazing stories. No, we and, didn't. Uh,
0: so that's enough of that. I would suggest if you can see the Men's. it's not playing in many theaters, oddly enough, but it, it was a very good movie. Uh, I, I and it very psychological almost. He like he gave himself therapy with the movie, so it's very good.
1: Mm, yeah, no, that's uh, it's one of the few movies I do kind of want to see this 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 year.
0: Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's get into Wednesday, the long-awaited discussion. I mean, are we going to tackle Catherine Zeta-Jones first, or should we give kind of like a history yeah, of I the show? I guess we could <laughs> give a little
1: bit of history or backstory of the show before we get into the Catherine Zeta-Jones
0: now, of it all. Now, you know, all. first of all, we want to say that we have done a deep dive into the... I hate that t- phrase, deep dive, but we've done it for the Adams Family. We did in 2019 when the animated film came out. We talked about the 60s show. We talked a little bit about Charles Adams, you know, the Gomez, I mean the Gomez, the Raul Julia and Angelica Houston films of the early 90s, and then the animated films. So you kind of want us to go property by property. I suggest you listen to that episode because today's focus is going to be this reboot series of Just Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a special episode.
1: And we'll add it into the show notes. So if you want to like, cause I don't think it I might not be on Spotify on, or, or on the, on the, the app. I think you have to go to yeah. the actual website. Some of
0: our episodes have there. expired. So we will provide a link to the pod bean and our website.
1: Mm-hmm. That's all I have to That's say. That's all.
0: Yeah. That. All right. So, okay. Rolando, usually <laughs> Rolando's, you know, the guy who knows all the Netflix history stuff. So I defer oh, sure, to you on sure. this.
1: All right. Got it. All right. So did you know that Tim Burton was originally tapped to, t- direct the first Adam's family I see it I see it yeah he was so he backed out to do Batman Returns uh, good call know, is it a good call because I, I love Batman Returns but yeah. I could have waited or I, I mean, would have waited to see Adam's family I didn't mind Timber Barry Sonnenfeld's Austin. direction oh no I, I mean I loved I love Adam's family and Adam's family values right so, so, why, so why are you questioning curious. it <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious to see if just, like, what what could have been, right? And I do argue the Wednesday show is not it, right? And I, I, I'll, I'll explain why I think it's not it, despite the fact that right off the bat, I will admit, it's probably one of my favorite things to come out this year. Uh, but Tim Burton, it is not, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he was tapped to direct uh, The Addams Family in 1991, but he... Uh, backed out because of scheduling conflicts with Batman returns. Uh, and it was in March of 2010 that illumination entertainment had acquired the rights to the Adams families. And, uh, they had initially planned on making a stop motion animated film based on the Adams family. Right. Yeah. Uh, the film was canceled and, uh, Tim Burton was actually attached to do, it. I, I guess, similar to like nightmare before Christmas kind of thing. Maybe just produce it. Uh, The current showrunners of the show, Miles Millar and Alfred Goff, they started developing story ideas in 2019 when they acquired the intellectual property before they wrote a pilot. And they pitched it to Burton. And Burton was actually interested upon receiving the script, which surprised them. So uh, they started working together to kind of get the rights. And uh, it wasn't announced officially until October 2020 uh so we're well into the pandemic at this point when we announced it. it's like hey we're working on an adams family wednesday spin-off show and uh tim burton is attached much to the surprise of a lot of people because i remember when the announcement came out i think i rolled my eyes and i'm just like why yeah right because like there was also at the same time concurrently an adams family movie in development
0: with the animated film had come out um had it come out already yes you're right it had had. and i think actually the sequel had come out at least by the time i heard about it um really wow okay yeah so it was just kind of like it felt like too much and it also kind of felt like oh wow does tim burton really have nothing better to do can you think of the last film that tim burton made before he made like what's the last film he worked on before he did wednesday
1: wasn't it
0: the alice in wonderland Look at that. He's been so kind of phoning it in for like ten years that you can't even think of it. It's Dumbo. And we covered Dumbo. Oh my God, you're right. Dumbo. Wow. Yeah, he did Dumbo. He did Dumbo. <laughs> but like when you think of Tim Burton, you don't think of Dumbo. Um You don't despite the fact that we didn't hate Dumbo, right? We didn't
1: love it. We didn't I remember yeah. that much, but we didn't hate it either. Yeah. It wasn't like It was somewhere in the middle. It wasn't Yeah, like it was one of those things where, like, oh, I see. He was trying to do something, but it just didn't land completely. Yeah. Right. Just like Dumbo. Uh, just, just hey, mm. just like Dumbo. <laughs> uh, which, I, I, same thing, we'll link that episode uh, in our show notes because, you know,
0: so I think we talk we'll about our feelings go- of Dumbo. Yes, we do. Actually, Releno has a really good theory about Dumbo and what Dumbo's mm-hmm. backstory was. So but. Tune in for that to listen to more. Before that, I think he did, like, Miss Peregrine's School for Children. He did a film called Big Eyes about the painter who, oh, I can't remember her name right now. But she was prolific for creating, like, people with big eyes. And her it's story kids, was that. Right? Say Which that again.
2: One? It was, like, kids? So she would paint kids Yeah, with kids.
0: Big eyes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But her story Maybe. was that her husband was taking credit for her work. And he became famous, and like for years until it came out that she was the true artist, Margaret Keane. There we go. Yes, Margaret Keane. Before that, he made Dark Shadows, which I actually kind of enjoyed. Frankenweenie was twenty oh nine or twenty ten.
1: Yeah, Dark
0: Shadows twenty twelve. Frankenweenie was twenty twelve. Big oh, Frankenweenie was twenty twelve. Big Eyes twenty fourteen. Miss Peregrine twenty sixteen. Um, and it's just like, these are all kind of films that just came out and they were fine and well, but it's not they' it's not like the Tim Burton films of the 90s and maybe even some of the ones in the 2000s. So he's kind of just he's kind of fizzled out in my personal opinion. Um, well,
1: I, I would agree with you if this idea of has a Tim Burton. He's so known for like kind of his style. Mm -hmm. Like he has a specific style that you think of Tim Burton, which is usually big eyes, kind of very pointy, angular faces or makeup that makes you look even like more pointed and jaunt. Gaunt, yeah. Uh, Very, very gaunt.
0: I'm not sure, actually. You're probably saying it right. Gaunt. Uh,
1: And uh, a very, very pale color palette. Yeah. Usually, usually a very, very pale cast as a result, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I know on my TikTok, a lot of critiques of the Tim Burton aesthetic as being very, very ingrained in, like, white culture. Is yeah. that right? Or I, yeah. I think it's just, like, it's just, like, a very, you know, <laughs> it's for white people. Specific- it's not that it's for white people, but how it's just, like, he casts very specifically just usually majority white folk i don't want to say exclusively because i don't know all his work but a lot of white folks tend to be lead roles in his work
0: yeah actually i could pull up a quote from him um in 2016 with bustle he actually defended his past projects that have been extremely white by saying things either call for things or they don't
1: <laughs> and his work apparently just doesn't call and his, for his work doesn't call color. for
0: any yep they don't call for yep just you got to be pale you got to be snow white Right. Um, I have more so, things that I'm going to pull from that later on. But for that, I just wanted to say that now.
1: Which is, you know, I mean, I don't, I think that's not cool, man. Like, you know, especially considering he's like such a big name in entertainment.
0: Yeah. And I uh, feel like he also speaks largely to a counterculture at somewhat. Um, he's not, I mean, he's like very mainstream. You could say, I mean, you could say goths are part of counterculture. Even though he's a mainstream name and he has a lot of fan I f- fan base, I do feel like there is something outcasty about him, or at least outcasty about the way that his fan base feels about him. Like they feel themselves as if like oh, like oh, we love him because he gets us, kind of a thing. Or like especially with like Nightmare Before Christmas and even Edward Scissorhands, who is this huge outcast character, and mm-hmm. all you know, Beetlejuice, another huge outcast character. Um, Even Pee Wee, in his own way, is a freaking outcast.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, He made a movie, Ed Wood, one of his... Dumbo, yeah. Uh, Ed Wood, you know, the the worst filmmaker of all time. And him and his outcast friends who... And Ed Wood liked to, you know, dress up in women's clothes. You know, like... Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sweetie Todd. So, like, he... That's his whole aesthetic, too, is this sort of outcast thing. So in that way, Wednesday is perfect from him. And then, like, the whole goth thing, whatever um so it's just so interesting because he speaks so dearly to that those people in that aesthetic that he is kind of like this whitewashing f- figure well i mean if you think about it right like i guess in his eyes he associates that
1: culture with white people right as the media i guess portrays him usually let's be real like how often do you see like uh latina Gah. well
0: you know let me let me go back to the, this article he said i remember back when i was a child watching the brady bunch and they started to get all politically correct like okay let's have an asian child and a black i used to oh, get and a, and and a, a black. black and i quote i used to get more offended by that than just i grew up watching black exploitation movies right and i said that's great but i didn't go like there should be more white people in those movies I mean, <laughs> that's not the same thing at all, though. It's not the same thing at all. Uh, that's yeah, that's a that's a thing that white people love to say. Like, oh, BET, I don't see a white people network. The point is, and that's motherfucker, not true because they had Justin Timberlake a lot on BET. Well, the point is also that every network is white people network. Um, that's the other thing. Right. It's just like, yeah, yeah black
1: exploitation doesn't need the white people because that is because every movie. other movie is white people. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's just so interesting because pretty much what he's saying is like, hey, like, why are we making all of these things about things that they're not? Why can't things just be normal? And his normal is just white people. He doesn't hang out mm. with people, other people. That's just, what, that's just me reading between the lines. So it is, it's whatever. It's a lot of people. He's not the only person.
1: Oh, no, he's not. But he is, but is he the one, one we're be- talking about right now. But is
0: he the person to be directing? and to be the visionary behind this new film that's supposed to be more representative TV and that show. is a question yeah this new tv show
1: this new reimagining tv show of the adams family
0: yeah so how would you summarize this plot because it's a little complicated uh, but let's just like, let's keep it simple
1: uh, if i could keep it simple simple although this is like the most watched series on netflix i yeah. think like, right now historically so like spoilers ahead guys but y'all probably have seen this and that's why y'all listening so welcome (laughs) Uh, but basically uh, Wednesday Adams has been expelled from her school and uh, as a last resort Morticia and Gomez send her off to Nevermore Academy to uh, matriculate there because that's the only school that will accept her this school is a school for gifted Kids or kids with magic powers or... More outsiders. Thank you. They're outsiders, right? We got our Gorgons, vampires, werewolves, people with no faces for some reason. That is never answered. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. Uh, and uh, she stumbles into a mystery of some sorts that she finds herself to be the center of. That I'll- is
0: more or less the plot of the show. All these shows that take place in these, like, academies and somewhat. Is this all Harry Potter is doing? Uh, I don't. I mean, eh,
1: maybe. I, I, this I is way more Riverdale than, yes. than Harry Potter, for sure. And I, I just. Well, like, love you know, so. like
0: a bunch of people with either powers or who are different in an isolated community, all wearing uniforms and school together. It. Like, it feels
2: Harry Potter ish. Actually, I think it feels more like Xavier's School for Gifted Children.
1: X-Men, yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, it
2: does have that uh, more. I mean, it's it specifically they say it a lot, it's a school for
0: outcasts. Well, and
2: that's what is said about Xavier. It's a school for outcasts and mutants. Yeah. So those it, it, those
0: films came out around the same time too. So maybe then that ubiquitousness what, X-Men of both
1: has been around since like the 70s.
0: Right, but it was never as popular as, one, the Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter's best-selling books of all time. Sure,
1: sure, sure.
0: And superhero culture, you know, became more of a thing in the 21st century. Like, you know, all before you were viewed as a geek if you read graphic novels. But now everyone's cool, and graphic novels and superhero culture is super cool. And that's more of a 21st century thing. So they all kind of, you know, became popular at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think, like... You know, Harry Potter being the best selling book series and just being as much of a smash as it was. I I feel like if we were to blame something, we might blame Harry Potter just because it feels also because like this is like the third, potentially even fourth Netflix show we've like covered that felt kind of this way. Like we did Winks. We did Sabrina. Winks. Sabrina, uh, right. Was there another? I feel like there was. I mean, we did Gossip Girl, but that wasn't like Special Powers uh, Academy kind of a thing. It no, was there just was Academy. another one.
1: There was one that does come to mind. I just don't remember what that was.
0: Right. Oh, oh, I feel no. like there's one other one that I'm forgetting. That was probably the worst one. How could it be worse than Winks? I don't know. No, um, Winks was definitely the worst. Winks was uh, the worst.
1: <laughs> uh, Hardy Boys also comes to mind, but that wasn't. There was no special powers. But there yeah, was it was no there was school. no so, like fantasy
0: aspects uh, are we talking specific?
1: i don't know i mean it's one of those things where this idea of of kids in a school they all have powers isn't just new to harry potter i think harry potter might be the most famous one but i think you've seen examples of this in the 80s and 90s in tv programming i mean one of the shows eddie's favorite shows from the 80s was about literal kids in a school for and they all have magic powers you know what i mean no, what, really what show is they that? They were
2: mutants what show was that uh, t- tower high which you won't be able Never to find watched. anywhere. Yeah! Wow! Neither what anymore. a, what a yeah. deep and cut. But 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 the different. Well, why I compare Nevermore more to Xavier's School is one. Nevermore specifies as the outcast. They to, they they there is like the, the language they use is outcasts and normies, right? <laughs> um, I like that. There, there's that. And even though it's, I feel like it took a, a while. But it was never clear. So people know that Nevermore is a school where you're gonna get werewolves, you're gonna get gorgons, you're gonna get witches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Although it's freaks like go this you, this is a world where people know that those things exist. That the supernatural, supernatural creatures exist. You know? Even though it's never blatantly said, is referred to or is commented. But uh, yeah, so this never Nevermore, just like Xavier School. People know that that's a school for freaks for special people, for the outcasts where Harry Potter is like you can't even find Hogwarts unless you're specific yeah. to the community. Yeah, I guess
0: it's just more so like in the way that they like the the uniforms the activities you know, the relationships with the teach, the classes, the herbology classes and stuff, that feels more Harry Potter, but yeah, the rooted in the relationship of how people view it in the town, you're right, that does feel more exact. So it's like a definitely, I feel like amended. I mean, yeah, and, we have,
2: and we've had different versions of like um, Monster High, so to speak. Monster you know we think high, of yeah. so you that's have actually, you have the show called a monster yeah, high it's like, uh, right yeah. and then and then you have um legacies which is a spin off from um
1: that vampire show yeah the vampire diaries There's vampire also diaries. now the descendants on disney channel yeah like Des- that's like a huge franchise yeah. that follows like young
0: kids that are like yeah. you know, descendants yeah. of like yeah. it's like but yeah like, like there's oh, so many of these things now like yeah. when did tower high come out in the 80s no, I think it was nineties. 90s. Nineties, 90s? 90s. Okay. 90s. yeah. But I'm sure it wasn't like a huge show. It was more like, you know, smaller. No, it was
2: gone yeah, it was it was way smaller. Um and you know, the premise was that they were just individuals with powers. And Aww. the thing was if you were, if you were a kid and the government find out you had powers, they would just grab you and put you in the school and it was basically a prison. You couldn't get out of the school. You had to serve. Wow. Yeah. But I think
1: in terms of I mean more or less, uh, the popularity of Harry Potter was that they're just mystery books wrapped around magic, right? Like, that's really the core of a Harry Potter book. It's a, Every story is a mystery story. They just happen to be, be taking place in, like, this magical setting. Uh, you could take the magic out, and I think the Harry Potter books will still be just as compelling because it's a mystery. And I think that's more or less what these shows have just gravitated towards, this idea of, like, okay, let's put high school students in these higher stakes mysteries and stuff. Right. And that's truly, I mean, what an age for TV programming, because this, this show does take a lot from, I think Riverdale. And, uh, I know some, I know some people have kind of been like, ill Wednesday. It's now like a teen drama and stuff. And like, yes, so what, so (sighs) what that it's a teen drama because I found it delicious. There's nothing wrong with, uh, Adults enjoying teen dramas because it's escapism, right? Like it's literally why we why we watch this kind of content, right? Like, yeah. Uh, for that very reason.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's put off talking about Catherine Zeta-Jones yet again. And... <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> no. All right. So actually, let's get into it, right? Let's talk about the performances. The main one being that Wednesday is played by Jenna Ortega, who she's 18, I think. She's no more than 20. Um, and she's already getting a reputation as being a scream queen. She was in Scream 5 or Cream. Um, she was Five in. Five Cream. Five Cream. She was in X, the Ty West film that was the throwback to like 70s, you know, mm. uh, Texas Chainsaw. She was in another like kind of psychological horror film. And now she's playing Wednesday Adams. That's quite the year to have. All yeah, in 2022 um and she's making a name for herself and do we know her is she puerto rican
2: yeah so she is uh puerto rican mexican ah. puerto
0: rican mexican beautiful mix yeah i mean she's a beautiful young girl she's really talented and i think she, yeah i think she's gonna be a big star um the other people i hope so too i think she's great Like. uh the other members of the Adams family are also played by latino characters except for one <laughs>
1: Except for what? Uh, Morticia <laughs> Adams, yes. played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, who Eddie Toby is like, wait, did you know she's not Hispanic? I was like, what are you talking about? That sounds wrong. I'm like, someone's like clearly out to get Catherine Zeta-Jones. He's like, she. we looked it up. It's like, oh, my God, she's Welsh.
2: She's Welsh. Uh, well, yeah. So her mother, her father is Welsh and her mother is Irish. And she was born in Swansea. Wales. Do you that. know who
1: else is a Hispanic? Who I found out also because of Eddie. That who isn't Hispanic or who is? Yeah, who is not? Latino. Oh, who's not? Who's not Latino?
0: Um,
1: who also related to Catherine Zeta-Jones in a film? They have a connection together. Ant- and it we can't be Antonio of their films. It is Antonio Banderas. He he's is
0: from not, Spain.
1: He's, nope. but he identifies he's br- as
2: Spaniard, European. Yep. He, so he's not Latino.
1: He is not Latino. So Latino is usually a mix of uh indigenous cultures from the americas uh, bl- uh afro latino uh so you could be a mix of black also and the spanish uh conquistadors and stuff so I so, see. That, so he I does see. not identify as so oh, but then a wait a minute ripple. so
0: then penelope cruz is not latino cuz she's <gasps> spain she's from spain but
1: oh there you go. So maybe not. Yeah, she might not be. She might not be.
0: Oh, is Latino the right word or is it
1: Hispanic? I know that definitely not Hispanic. No, Hispanic was created. That's a word that was. All words are created, but
2: this was to identify. uh I think that was the American government. Oh, to okay.
1: There you go. So, yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a. So, there is. That is a thing, though, right? Like, where you can be from Spanish people, like the people from Spain, does not mean that you are Hispanic just because you talk or latino because you speak spanish there we
0: go right yeah well uh, well, Catherine zeta jones does not speak spanish <laughs> well she does <laughs> anywhere from but she's not but she's not like she's very fluent in spanish but she's, yeah, she's not oh fluent. is she oh i didn't know that yeah, yeah. She is, yeah. Oh, good she's for her. not
1: herself uh uh latina or spanish right like so okay it's, and it's interesting what was it has like these features that make her look like she is uh
0: now, uh, is Morticia in the show though portrayed as like what was her? There was like a part where you see her last name like Fomp or something. Morticia from from, uh, from. yeah. So Sorry, I, right maybe back. Morticia's not. So nostalgic. maybe,
1: but she does drop like when she's talking with Wednesday. She does drop some some like Spanish Spanish lingo and stuff in there right like she's and she says they're very hispanic like to the point where i thought she was just like oh okay cool so she's this is before i found out that she is welsh and i'm just like okay cool so morticia's also like hispanic but in the story's defense like this could be things that she just picked up being married to gomez for so long right yeah. like like it happens where oh, white people will pick up like some phrases here and there and like you know, if you're married or you're in a long-term relationship with a white, uh, with a Hispanic, you yeah. know, you'll take them like mi amor, me, you know, yeah. that kind
2: of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Me, huh? Okay. So we, but we definitely know that the the father, yes, Gomez is Mexican, Mexican descent. So we get that. Um, um,
0: in in the show, in the, or show. Yeah, in the show, in, yeah, okay, in the oh, show. Oh, what is show. that actor's name again? Uh, Gomez Luis Adams Guzman. Is, yes, he's Puerto Rican. Luis Guzman, yeah, yeah, he's Puerto Rican.
1: Luis Guzman, who I I know him. I've seen he's one of those actors that shows up in a lot of things, but like you may not really know him. Uh, I know him best from community because he had a whole episode centered around him being the most famous alumni from the community college and stuff. So he has a statue dedicated to him on the campus, yes. and so he makes an appearance. It's hilarious, but no, Luis Guzmán is one of those actors that I've seen. Usually, he he's really typecast as like playing these, uh, you know. Uh, well,
2: he was in the Puerto Rican in Paris. Right. Puerto that? Ricans in Paris is That's that a, a is famous that a, 2015 <laughs> movie, Boogie Nights?
1: Boogie Nights. He was in Boogie Nights. Look at that. See? The Count
2: of Monte Cristo, um, Community. He's done a lot of shit.
1: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, Luis Guzmán sure. is 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 well known. He wasn't my so he actually. His portrayal in the first episode I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure if I like him as uh Gomez. as Gomez. I was kind of a little bit let down. It's not until like a later episode where we see him and he's actually like performing that I'm just like, oh, okay, thank God. Like Luis Guzman, you didn't let me down, like cuz that first episode I think was not a good indicator <laughs> of his overall performance. But Catherine Zeta-Jones uh who is not Latina, right? But uh, she, I thought she, I, I liked her as Morticia. What are, what are your thoughts?
0: I liked her. I mean, I didn't finish the show, so I don't know if she comes she, back quite a lot. But she's the only show. She there's I think two episodes. Two episodes. Which up? Two episodes
1: is all she shows up. Two, in, oh, okay, yeah. I the yeah. in the middle.
0: I liked her. Um, I just you know it's Angelica Houston's so iconic to me as Morticia mm-hmm. that when I see someone who plays her very differently and almost I'm like, is this Morticia? Um, So I didn't really get, like, Like, she played Morticia very differently. But everybody kind of... Obviously, everyone's giving this their own portrayal and stuff. And I don't know. It's not just her (laughs) own portrayal, but, like,
1: the character also has her own relationship with Wednesday. So this is the oldest we have seen Wednesday so far in any medium. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because... We sometimes forget that Wednesday in even the Addams Family Values was still like I think preteen. she yeah. wasn't like I don't even think she was hitting like teenage years yet so we've always seen Wednesday as a child and there's something I thought that as I was watching i just I realized just like yeah why why wouldn't Wednesday Addams also rebel from her parents right like there's I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with like rebelling and trying to form your own identity however she may and butting heads with her family and i thought that was like an interesting because of that i felt like very i felt kind of compelled with this character like and this kind of terse relationship between morticia and wednesday i kind of appreciated because you know i grew up my mom and my sister have had a very terse relationship because of uh lifestyle choices right like usually moms like want what's best for their kids I know that Catherine Zeta-Jones isn't white, isn't Latina, neither is Morticia, but there is uh, this idea of in Hispanic families, right? Like you want them to steer clear from like drugs and like be like almost like the Virgin Mary forever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, usually, you know, we rebel. We do what we want to do and stuff because usually on our Hispanic households, we have like a very, very tight uh, rule uh so i i i did appreciate that that relationship like kind of setting up like the main source of tension being that wednesday just does not she doesn't want to be like her mother she doesn't want to be like gomez
0: either and stuff mm,
1: You f- i appreciate it you
0: felt that i didn't really feel that Oh yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I thought it. Was, like, the no, it yeah. like
2: for her. I I see more her mother. I see. I definitely feel that whole that relationship of not wanting to be in her mother's shadow, um, and fighting all like her mother's way of imp- imp- imposing her her herself on on Wednesday's personality, which is Wednesday's interpretation. While this is just a mother loving her daughter, mm-hmm. you know knowing that her daughter is complicated
0: okay. more ways than one of course yeah maybe that plays in think- some of the later episodes that you know i think it played right from
1: the get first episode where i was just kind of like oh this is great i like this well my I- favorite I'm thing about this. the
0: first episode was her relationship with pugsley because if she was that's true i thought that was cute too if she you know even though she wasn't showing it she was being incredibly protective of him and mm-hmm. the fact that he was being bullied And the first episode is very much like, oh, you know, Wednesday, you want to be on her side if you're being bullied. And they presented all of these bullies And obviously the show that she gets uh, the the college school, sorry, that she gets expelled from. And then at this new academy, there are new bullies. Um, And this is where I immediately started to disconnect from the show um, just because you guys kind of hyped up the representation part of it. And I was, like, super excited to see how they were going to do it. And then almost immediately, I was like, okay, so the bad people are black. Uh, Just one girl. The good people (laughs) are white. And And, Okay. You didn't finish the show. You didn't finish the show. show. (laughs) Yeah, but he was also the thing. Does I'm sure that they give her an arc because they give all villains an arc nowadays, and I'm sure she has I don't know a relationship with her mother j- that mirrors Wednesdays, right? Probably nope. something, mm-hmm. like yeah. well, something like that.
1: Something that a little bit. A, I mean, okay, sure,
2: There's definitely something. I mean, they do introduce her mother, yeah, Family Day, and you do get the backstory that um, what's going on with what's her what's going on with with her, and and that
0: um, yeah, knows, and you know, they they name? realize that they know more about it. They have more in common than they think. Blah blah blah. The guys, though, that are the love interest, i I can't I can't get with that. They are two of the most uninteresting boys I've that they could have casted. And I mm-hmm. almost think they did it on purpose. And I was so devastated that they were just these, you know, awkward white guys because I've seen these love interests a million times before, and I thought that maybe Wednesday would go against the fucking grain and maybe at least throw one person who, I don't know, looked like you or looked like me in there. More so, like, I was like, oh, maybe they'll give her, like, a fucking androgynous woman that she'll be torn with. And they didn't even fucking go there. So I don't disagree with you
1: there. I agree. I thought that these two love interests were the two, no offense to you guys, but, like, they were the two plainest looking white yep. men. Just so and fucking Man, boring. I yeah. was very, very much angry early in the series about it, because I'm just like, come on. This is what they're giving the beautiful Jenny Ortega. Like, this, Jenny Ortega shouldn't even look at the, at the you know I mean? Yeah. She's so... I think she's so beautiful. I think she's... And, and I think in the role, she was just so great. I'm just like, Wednesday would never give these guys the time of day. Uh, I don't disagree with you there, right? I think that's one of the flaws of the show. I do think... But uh, they... What? Oh, I was going to say, I do think that towards the end of the show, they kind of... It's one of those things where, like, they introduce... It it was very tropey, like, the very first few episodes for that very reason, right? Because they try to kind of play with those tropes by the end of the series, which I've seen a lot of these teen dramas. So, like, it's just, like, even that idea of, like, kind of flipping these tropes on their head is kind of already now, at this point, a trope. So, uh, her main love interest, the normie, who is the coffee boy. Spoiler, guys, if you don't want to know if, you're, if you want to delve too deep into the mystery but he is uh he's the bad guy he is the main killer working with can you guess who he's working with uh, based dean. Of the dean you saw know, no no uh christina ricci's character she they are the two uh that are in cahoots together to bring down nevermore um it felt they were trying to go with like kind of the scream aspect right like the reveal uh and I thought it was kind of just like eh it still wasn't working. I can't stand for the life of me the other love interest, Xavier, I think is his name. Yeah, Xavier. Uh I Xavier I, I could not. I I I I was kind of just like it's just like this is a character that for sure you could have given it to like a a, an, a woman. It's just, you know, or like let's change let's change it up. Wednesday is not I feel like Wednesday would be definitely pan. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so I don't think Wednesday and there was they were introduced. There is, I think, a third love interest in the show, who I thought she was gonna end up with. Who is, uh, who does present much more Hispanic? He is a nerd. He's an outsider within the outsiders. I thought this is who she was gonna end up with. Yeah, Eugene, Eugene yeah. the adorable Eugene. I was just like, this is who she does. does she, yeah, she was because he reminded me so much of the character from uh the when the Alan's
0: Family Values that that nerdy kid that like you know. Is completely devout to exactly. Her. every Exactly. And everything that, like, a viewer would look at and be like, oh, gosh, what a geek, what a loser, d- it goes against the grain. Wednesday would look at them and be like, so attractive, right? But, like, mm-hmm. everyone that, you know, like the classically attractive heteronormative white boy is the one that fucking Wednesday likes. And I'm like, that's not who Wednesday... That's not the, the way that the atoms are established. What works so well about Morticia and Gomez's relationship, right? And we talked about this in the last uh, episode, is that the way that they are overly affectionate with each other, goes against a way that people think is the appropriate way to be when it comes to love. Don't be too expressive. Don't be too PDA, right? So they're always the opposite. And it's almost like they're making a commentary about, you know, the way that we show affection or the way that we describe and, and show love. So in a society, too, that is incredibly heteronormative, you would think that Wednesday Adams would be not that. She would actually, or she would just be more freer. She would be more expansive. And it mm-hmm. was, but- I couldn't get past that. The fact that they kept like doing these things more so in that way that just didn't feel like her, didn't feel like an Adams at all. And it was just like the most like basic teenage thing that I've seen before with the most boring boys. Well,
2: well, compared to Wednesday and her family, she, I mean, she is Adams in the sense she would be creepy or spooky. Macabre. You, macabre, right? Uh, but but her thing from the get go is I don't want emotions. Emotions are for the weak. And every time any of these boys approached her, she has been deadpan, not blinking her eyes and like moving on, right? She maybe had moments where they persistence with her and trying to show that they want to engage with her has been interesting for her because this is a girl that has been and outcast in all the high schools she has gone to, she's never really had a friend. So these are people reaching out. But at the same time, too, she's not emotionally connecting with these guys. Who can I put a point here? Mm-hmm. Uh, make a point. Who very white, but also they are what we would consider to be um, outcast passing, right? Or norm? No, no. Excuse me, normie passing. They could pass as normal people in the in the world mm-hmm. in the real world, right? right? Unlike a lot of their peers who can't, right? When they have no face, when they have spiders as uh, snakes as hair, mm-hmm. when their eyes are a certain color um, that is different from, from the norm, these guys would be like the white passing guys mm-hmm. in, in Latino culture, so to speak. Right? Uh, but what does attract them ends up being how very broken, twisted and uh, dark they are. I mean, what what does uh, Wednesday say? Oh, my first my first kiss was with a serial killer. Right, I must have right. a type. You know, that would be more attractive to her than the fact that he was
1: a, a, a dude a mildly that, attractive. A, a,
2: you know, a, a dude that's semi good looking.
1: Yeah, because like I don't think they set up the love interest in the way that I. I thought worked for the show. Like, I I, I understand your critiques, Nicole, and I don't disagree with them completely, but I do think the show, for a show that's still trying to do what it is, which is be a teen drama. And mm-hmm. I love a teen drama, right? Like I should have written dissertations. like, this should have been my focus and my career, like teen dramas in retrospect, <laughs> but uh, a good, the thing with a good teen drama is that like, she wasn't love struck right from the get go. In fact, she, it, it took her, I think like majority of the series, uh, the first season to finally get even an interest in these car, in either of these characters, even right? Hug somebody. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I think they did a good job of like kind of making her abrasiveness and kinda of calling her out on it and stuff. I I, I appreciated I don't know, I, I think I appreciated the way they handled uh the love interest because like I think what Eddie's right, is like, yeah, she wasn't she was never attracted to them physically. She was never attracted to them because of like their antics she she became attracted to them the more she actually learned about them. right, right? so but Which my
0: critique right? though is not the characters my my critique is in the casting and the fact uh, that like they didn't even think to write it they just wrote it as two white boys oh yeah no agreed fine yeah uh, um i'm fine yeah like,
1: I think they could they could have been I, anybody. I felt the same way they could, you're right. They could have been anybody. Uh, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, I actually think – so I thought they were going to set up that, like, maybe the, her love would be her roommate played by, like, the the cute the cute girl, right? Like, she's all bubbly. She's not like a Disney character, mm-hmm. like a Disney Channel character. I thought they were going to set up as, like, this is who her true – Oh, true yeah. No, I knew that was never going to go there.
0: But it's so interesting, too, because it's also, like, the show could have also – if it wanted to be a show that actually had something to say about representation, then it kind of should have had that in mind when it wrote it. It, f- it kind of felt like they didn't. And I actually found like an article that articulated really well one of the things that I had of the show. And I'll, 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 sh- I'll link the article in the show notes. This is more particularly about the black characters because uh, there have been critiques about the, the way that black people are depicted in the show. Because it's also Tim Burton and he's not very good o- at it. <laughs> That's there's what you're there's saying. only I think literally one
1: black character.
0: Yeah, yes. and, and like she's immediately right. the, bully the mayor's son. Oh, and, and the, the mayor, mayor and the mayor And also, yes, yeah, right. so this is this is it. The black characters in Wednesday don't feel like there was any intention behind their blackness. They feel like they weren't written to be black just to check mm. a diversity box so Burton wouldn't have to deal with questions about the show's lack of it. Mm-hmm. And for a show that is all about outcasts and stuff. It's coming from a very specific outcast point of view, which is the Tim Burton one, which is just like, oh, wow, look at me. You know, this, I have to keep saying it, heteronormative outcast because everything is presented in such. When, you know, when I got, when I turned to it, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be really cool in representation, and I saw it, I was like, this is what I, this is what I get? I can't connect to any of this shit. This is just like everything else, which is whatever. The story still was an interesting story and mm-hmm. uh, the performance were good and stuff but in terms of it and that too it was just like well this just feels like everything else
1: i think that's a valid point in terms of the casting for all of them right like it's just like they didn't have to like yes there was no black identity in the black characters i a million percent agree on that uh the only one that kind of had an inkling of like where identity does play a role is uh is actually Wednesday and stuff because like when she gets her flashbacks and she meets her her uh she gets she meets like her ancestors, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they're from Gomez's Gomez side. Yeah. yeah. Goody. Uh Goody Adams. They, uh, what's it called? Goody Adams' mother is very clearly not a white person, right? She actually looks indigenous, in my opinion. Uh, and I found that interesting. I'm just like, okay, so, like, they're not... At least they're not, like, uh... They're not, like, uh... It's not, like, white people who are still, like, the ancestors of Gomez, right? They're very much making Gomez, like, part of this, like, ancestral... Like, he has, like, Hispanic roots down to his core, at least, on this side of the family. Uh... But yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Like the terms of like the idea of the 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 race of these characters isn't important, specifically the ancillary characters, I I I would agree, but uh I think having Gomez, for example, be very very uh played by a very very well-known hispanic well, well-known we know that he's hispanic is you know Luis guzman uh and then jenny ortega who is herself hispanic i don't know i did feel like a big moment and while i couldn't relate to I, you know i'm not going to be able to relate to wednesday adams but i was able to eat up the show because it's one of those things this is like one of those genres that i just enjoy right so mysteries like, yeah well because mystery. a lot of
0: these so we're in like a the renaissance of reboots And a Mm -hmm. lot of them are playing with recasting and different representation of these characters that we know and love with something new and interesting to say. So I don't want to like completely like let this blind me in terms of my disappointment with the show in that regard, because you take it all out. Was it a good mystery? Yeah, it was fine. Like, I think the show was good, um, but... It's also like if the point of doing a reboot is to kind of look at things in a different way and you failed on that front, <laughs> then like what what is there to take from this? Now, I can't fully say, you know, having finished the show, so maybe then you can chime in at least on like what you think the purpose of this was. But it makes me at least like question whether or not I want to move forward with it because I really don't think they're doing anything that different that is worth me continuing. Does that make sense? I think. That
1: different from other medium, like other other things from like this genre. I don't think they're doing much different. I would agree with you. I actually think where they're doing more different is like in fact, in, in, it's the actual Adams family themselves.
0: Uh, is it just have, simply the casting though? Is it just like it, okay?
1: No, it's not just no no no. It's not just the casting. I think even like uh, uh, Uncle Fester is a vastly different portrayal that we've had. From the past, right? Here he's like a a, a thief, right? He's like uh, a, almost like a professional, like, like a, a professional, a hire, like a rogue almost, and
2: will kill if necessary. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: played by Fred Armisen, who I thought it was actually one of my favorite performances of the season. Who was, uh, Venezuelan,
2: German, and Korean. I
1: Korean?
0: thought he was Cuban. Yeah. I thought he was no. like his big thing is that he was born on like a a, a boat uh, from uh, Cuba to <laughs> Florida. That sounds, that sounds like uh, urban legend. Yeah, like <laughs> you know he, he, like his mother way. gave birth to him on a drum in a boat or something. <laughs>
1: um, I, pe- it could have happened, uh, but his background could still be that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, but yeah, Fred Armisen was a completely reimagining, and more importantly, though, Wednesday. I think just having Wednesday in this kind of setting, I think for me was reimagining enough. Right. Um, I this is what I wanted to talk about with like the cast of Richard Jones and like Luis Guzman and Jenny Ortega casting. Right. I do think it was kind of a stunt by Netflix, especially they promoted it so heavily. And I'm not trying to diminish the fact that like, I actually enjoy the performances. Uh, and the fact that we do have like, m- you know, more Hispanic representation for this little niche uh, supernatural mystery. Like, you don't usually when it comes to, uh, teen dramas you don't usually get a lot of Latinos front and center for supernatural ones even less so yeah. right I think if ever yeah. <laughs> do you get yeah. like a, a, a Latina front and center so big moment for this genre I would say um, stunt casting nonetheless because I think Netflix pushed really hard in their PR marketing for this show Is like oh we're giving you guys a Hispanic Adams family and to your point Latino Latino uh, they didn't necessarily deliver fully on that and it's just like I, I was I disappointed a little bit but not so much because I think overall uh, the more important thing was just like, oh but what are you gonna do, gonna do with Wednesday? Who is such a beloved character mm-hmm. uh, that we have come to know for many years, right And uh, they that's I, I would argue that's more important. Than just like the representation, but it was a nice representation to have nonetheless. I think it is uh, important to have some again something that like younger audiences, who I think is a target demo for this one, to see and being like, oh look, it's a granted beautiful thin Hispanic girl, sure Latina, but uh, nonetheless Latina, nonetheless, right? And uh, it's like I said, this is like when we talked about uh. Black Panther right like there is sometimes there is some value in just being able to just see yourself in some of these casting decisions and uh, while I don't disagree with you that like some I think some of the uh, casting choices of like the love interest was a little bit on the bland side you know you know what can you do it's it's a Netflix show which actually brings up my next point which I wanted to say so this was a Netflix show right I think they held they kind of reined in uh, Tim Burton a little, right? Because it didn't feel like a very Tim Burton esque show. It didn't have like the color palette completely. You could tell it was not uh, Tim Burton's color palette. I feel like yes, a lot of it is done in post, but it's also done in the way he just lights things. And like this one felt like just it was just color coded to look like a Tim Burton film. It didn't feel it didn't feel as rich as a Tim Burton film – does yeah i agree the settings themselves didn't feel like a tim i thought well, having school did nope. not that much like a, a, at times a little bit well, but, but like it didn't feel like the exterior shots of it did feel very Tim Burton-esque. well tim burton but, like, is an
0: expressionist Right. So like the way like in in expressionism, the way that you view the world is different. Like if you think, Mm -hmm. you know, the big one being the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, where things, you know, are slanted Mm. and bizarre and stuff. And his films have always felt like that. Like think of his Gotham and the way he Mm -hmm. portrays Gotham and how twisted that place is. And And literally, it's literally twisted. Like you can literally
1: see like the angles. You can see like the buildings not looking like they should be standing upright. You know what I mean? Like you see that. In the set design that usually comes with the t- in Tim Burton films, I'm thinking even the *Alice in Wonderland*, right? Like, granted, that took place in Wonderland, but like very angular, very very pointy, very yeah. very round. You know what I mean? He didn't get anything. of get that. In this, which I thought was a little bit of just like, then why have him direct? Like, why?
0: Why push the? So yeah, hard he, that's what Burton he's supposed to bring project. to the project for yeah. sure. Like even so, in Edward Scissorhands, which is in a suburban mm-hmm. area, I, that's a suburban area that is wonky as hell to me. But this definitely felt like a studio backlot, right? It did.
1: It, it felt like just almost a generic, uh, uh, like Netflix show. And yeah. This is it. This is where I think the marketing for this show kind of went away because they really pushing Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. He only directed, like, half the episodes. That's you know the thing, I mean? too. He was, like, he was also producer, but, like, he... It's not like... This isn't, like, a Tim burton Again, and this is... I'm just critiquing this, this show. I am a fan. I I ate this shit. I binged this show because I enjoyed it, right? But now I'm going to call out the show for its its flaws here, and I think this is one of the major ones where I, I don't think... I think if you're going to have, like, someone like Tim Burton, you might as well utilize his vision as best you can. Unless, here's the thing, what you just said is, like, oh, I don't know, Tim Burton's been phoning it in, so maybe this is the Tim Burton that we got.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a, it's a bit of both. Um, I want to talk about Christina Ricci really quick, because I think she's a producer of this. Uh, it's one something that she's been heavily involved in, and Christina Ricci, as far as I know, isn't doing as as much as I at least I'm not aware of what else she's been working on I think and, that's the thing
1: I she Tim Christina Ricci has been working while we haven't been watching she'll do yeah lifetime originals if it comes to it but girl is always making her money oh respect. yeah yeah respect no. for Christina Ricci I, I love say. her
0: and I think one of her most iconic roles is her portrayal of Wednesday Adams when she was a baby mm. and I do think that She is also the reason that we think of Wednesday as the way she is. Um, You know, you can read one thing in in the Charles Adams and then you could see the show. But like when you see Christina Ricci and the portray she does of Wednesday, like that's she owned it. And like from now on, Mm -hmm. Wednesday will never be the same. So she's actually a big part of the reason as to why the show even got made. Um, in portrayals of Wednesday Adam, do you think that Jenny Ortega is it Jenny or Jenna? I actually don't know. Uh, I, think Jenny, I, think I think it's I think it it's Jenna Ortega. Jenna yeah. Jenna. yeah. is it Jenna? Jenna yeah. Do you Jenna. think Jenna Ortega okay. brought something different and new or do you think that she actually like you know, the throne has kind of like you know Roger Moore taking over Sean Connery's James Bond and doing it in his own and well. Like, do you think now the torch has been passed well enough to this next actress?
1: Yes, I actually yeah. do. I think Jenna Ortega killed it in this yes. role. I thought she was she. She made it her the, own in some ways. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Rotten Tomatoes summary of the reviews were fair, in which it's just like this could be any CW show if not for Jenna Ortega's commitment to the role. I think without this series for sure, if you didn't, if this series was the same and you didn't have Jenna Ortega to anchor it, it might have been a flop. But because I think Jenna Ortega was so good in this role, I think that helped me much more enjoy the show. I I thought she was so good. Yeah, she's just she was really good. I mean, let's not forget about the dance that she chore- dance. that she
2: choreographed.
1: The dance that she choreographed. Do you know what I mean? Did you get a chance to see that? I you saw the dance. I saw the right dance. Yeah. Out. I mean, the Tik uh, you know, TikTok like, is going crazy. TikTok has it. got crazy uh emulating this dance, and she. She just did it herself. She she said in an interview she was just watching like Goth Kids in the eighties how they would dance and stuff. So she just tried to like kind of. Oh, I think do I know what similar. movie she watched.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that the absolute best thing about this is her performance. Um, yeah, Jenna Ortega was great, and
1: I think.
2: And I love the fact that mostly it was all about her. A lot she was in in practically every every scene, um, so that's why even too a lot of these characters. Her, her friends and the other students kind of fell in the wayside mm-hmm. of it because I feel like, I mean, they, they were the, the, the color to this particular iconic character.
0: Yeah, if you're and kind of I, looking and, for something very like Adam's family, this show, I think, might disappoint because it's yeah. all about Wednesday and they I, I really mean, are I, expanding sh- her character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we should have known because
1: I think I had the reaction I was like, wait, we're only going to get Morticia and Gomez for like what episode. And I was just like, I guess that makes oh, sense. Pugsley. The name of the show is called Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's not it's not called the Adams Family. It's called Wednesday. So we're literally just focusing on Wednesday. It was a little bit of a learning curve, but I think by second episode I was okay with it because I think Jenna Ortega was just I think she's so captivating. She's so she really just I think she her her expressionless face and stuff. She had the big eyes, and uh, just her deadpan delivery. And she and she, she, wouldn't, blink. There she, wouldn't, she blink. wouldn't blink. was she wouldn't con- blink. That. that was
2: her thing. She would not blink certain things. See, I didn't even notice there and was something. Yeah, and, and that would add like that. to the eeriness of yeah. her
1: performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other great thing about the show, though, was actually uh, the other two great things. I would say is Christine Gwendolyn I think that's her name. Uh, the 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 the, the, the head mess, the head Ah. Okay. Uh, Game of Thrones and Star Wars. From Game of Thrones and Star Wars. She was. I thought she was another one that was also a strong performance. I have a question.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because they were kind of making her the red herring. She, mm-hmm. There were so many red yeah, herrings. So many red yeah. Herring, yeah. yeah, But go on. Is she in love with Morticia?
1: No. Oh, that would have been a good twist, though. That's, yeah. Not. Not. Not hundred oh. percent. I guess it's not one. Actually, it could be a, a, a love jealousy. There that, was definitely a level of jealousy. That you're was right. There. It's not, I read it as her being in love with Gomez, but they never 100% confirmed that. They don't, We just know that she is in love with at least one of them. So mm. you're right. That might have been. I didn't read it that way, but they didn't close the book on that read possibly which i think that is an interesting read i could see that that actually would have been way more fascinating they had explored that uh but i thought she was a great uh a great performance uh but the other thing that i actually loved about the show was thing i think oh yeah thing was great i loved thing was yeah definitely a much as a character that has literally is just a hand Mm -hmm. i think he was much more realized than <laughs> it. You're right. It uh then than the ones we saw in the Advent family movies, right? This yeah, yeah. thing felt much more like a like an actual character. And I I feel I thought Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I think
0: it worked out. And then his I one thing as his, his, a pet.
1: The thing's relationship with uh, her her roommate, I thought was also kind of yeah, endearing, yeah, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It, uh, the thing was played by um he's a Romanian magician. Oh. Named by Victor Oh. and uh, I think this was his first uh, kind of film performance, mm-hmm. acting performance, <laughs> and and it, it, yeah, interesting thing that he you know how he worked out because you know there's certain points where thing communicates, you know, so he kind of used like codes. Uh, he used like sign language. He mix mix of sign language, mix of like the hand gestures scuba divers use and the Marine Corps use. And and then he just improvised and some things.
0: Great hand acting, man, like wow. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite I is agree. when he's
2: pissed off when he's pissed off at Wednesday mm-hmm. and he's reading the magazine in the other girl's bed. Like <laughs> yes. this, so like you know, that's that kind of thing. Yeah. And of course the uh, the 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 really emotional scene when she finds him nailed to the wall. Oh yeah, and thing almost dies. Thing almost dies, you know. So spoilers, please. Yeah.
1: We've I've, we've, yeah. I've yeah. given so, a spoiler warning, but, reporting. but uh, again, most watched show on Netflix and stuff. Now, yeah. uh, I do want to come back to this important question that we didn't touch on, but I think I previewed it last week. But do you think Katherine Zeta-Jones is
0: guilty of brown facing? <laughs> there we go. I don't think so because one Morticia's pale. Um, now, are you saying in terms of her career or in this role? both oh wow either i think <laughs> no to both personally because okay. i i never thought of her as either being latina? a latina or trying to like get by as one mm, i mean when okay. i think of her role is it in chicago no in rock of ages no and like she those was in rock of ages she was in oceans 12 yeah what about zorro zorro's the only one and the haunting no uh, no one no one reservations, no. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've seen her in a lot of other movies. That's the thing, too. It's like she's not. Crash? She's not in. Tra- no, she was in traffic.
1: I don't traffic. remember.
0: I remember her being in like the white people storyline in traffic. I don't remember her being like with Benicio del Toro down in Mexico in traffic.
1: Wasn't she speaking, dropping Spanish in traffic?
0: If I well, remember, you frankly? could speak Spanish and not be. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I never thought of her like sp- that. You,
1: you I just, don't want to.
0: You no, want to stir, stir the, the pot A here. little
1: bit. But I also, I look, I love Catherine Zeta-Jones. I was a little disheartened to find out she wasn't. I mean, this is a me problem, obviously, right? Yeah. Because I thought she was one of uh, mi gente, and now she's not. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, what a. What, and then when Eddie is just like, neither is Antonio Vandera. So I'm just like, what? I can't. You know, this is like harsh realizations, but like stuff that yeah. we had to deal with, you know, on like some level. You pulled
2: down your poster, I the did. Bandanas.
1: I'm just like, I guess I can't like puss in boots anymore. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think then like people from like Spaniards shouldn't like make a living off of playing more so like Latino characters, you know, like Mexicans, Caribbeans, South Americans kind of thing? Like, do you actually feel upset if they were to?
1: Now, I think it depends on the context. If we're doing a historical piece where you could be you could be living in Mexico but still be Spanish, then I think that's fine, right? You could be does that make sense? But if you're playing like an actual Mexican, like day laborer who has crossed the border to get a job or sell drugs or something, maybe maybe leave that for an actual person yeah. who is of but, color but there, there <laughs> is
2: something interesting that is developing uh in in, in two fronts one um when it happens we're like oh okay but then we feel like but they should have given to someone of that ethnic group if it's about uh a mexican-american it should be mexican-american if it's about a uh, a person lgbtq um it should be they, they should get they're out there actors they're there. Right. We should we should they should represent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we're seeing actors who are refusing roles, um, not taking on roles when they're asked to represent a certain ethnic group. They're like,
0: well, no, I'm
2: this. I'm either white or I'm, I'm this. Give that to a person that is that of that, that ethnic group.
0: Now, what do you think about Ana Díarmas getting uh, cast as Marilyn Monroe?
1: What is Ana Díarmas?
0: She's Cuban fully Cuban and she's playing Marilyn Monroe who is not Cuban (laughs) her Uh, name was Norma Jean Baker okay (laughs) so what Uh, do we I mean I'm just wondering like I didn't mind it you know but like mm -hmm. in other cases you know well we'd actually rather you know like uh, if you're gonna make a movie about Celia Cruz she better be fucking Cuban but like Marilyn Monroe sure let's have a Cuban play her
1: I think this may be a controversial statement Uh but I think if Here we go. The majority, if it's a minority representing a white person doesn't have the same impact than a white person who has already all the privileges of the world playing, taking one of our roles, right? Because one role being taken away from one white actress is nothing compared to the few roles there are that are written for minority groups that are taken away by white actresses. Like, you know, I know Scarlett Johansson gets a lot of shit for this, but, like, you can't play an Asian woman, Scarlett Johansson. You just <laughs> cannot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or or or, or uh, Emma Stone when she played... A Hawaiian, uh, a native Hawaiian. You know, like a native Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like,
0: you know, those roles are few and far between. So, like, give those to the people who are minorities. You know what? 100% i'm with that i mean i you know and i don't even care if somebody's like double standard fuck take a double standard take your double standard and shove it up your white ass man (laughs) like until the things balance out like
1: that's why there is going to be a double
0: standard and stuff no it's it's true um yeah no i i i do agree with that
1: but yeah but uh we kind of like we kind of uh Well, but that's the thing, too, is that this
0: was the promise of this, too. And it it, it either delivered for you or it didn't. But the promise is the representation. And that's what a lot of these reboots are doing, is that they want to tackle things differently. That's, you know, why The Little Mermaid is going to be so exciting for us to talk about and for Mm -hmm. us to look at at it. Because is it going to be a completely different film? No. What is going to be different, though, is the way that they handle these characters and how they represent them. Other than that, it's going to be the same exact fucking movie but those things change and these things you know they impact our lives and whatnot um so i do think that talking about the different types of representation and the changes we're seeing in representation in in movies and in television is actually very much worth this discussion yeah no i i agree and like i said i know i i i gave
1: some criticisms of the show i ultimately enjoyed it because this is my genre this is a genre that i have just always enjoyed since i was a little kid and i still eat up like truly what i loved about wednesday was the fact that it was it took like the best of like riverdale the best of buffy the vampire slayer the best of uh uh harry potter i guess even right like and it just gave me this amalgamation and then you put it like you put like a hispanic actress front and center and it was like okay this was enjoyable was it a perfect show no but you know what? You don't have to be perfect to be enjoyable. Sometimes yeah. you don't. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to speak about the Latino experience. You know, don't. Next time, just don't promise it, Netflix. Next time, just don't make a big deal about the fact that you
0: have uh, Luis Guzman playing Gomez. Um, yes yeah well they know how to get people there and that's why it was the highest watched show surpassing Stranger things
1: no i think it was the most watched show because it was so bingeable it's such a bingeable show it's so enjoyable enjoyable. yeah so so
0: in terms of like just plain old story i too love a good mystery and i do you know for me i'm also like tv shows are too long it loses my interest after a while um i thought the mystery was okay i thought you know i i I, if there is is there going to be a season two did they like cliffhang it? I haven't, they I haven't, haven't greenlighted they haven't it yet. But just I can't imagine that it. they're not. Is there not. a mystery set up? If um, there yes, there is kind of sort of. Yeah. Okay.
1: There's like the hint of one, but like it wasn't, if we don't get the answers to it, it's not like the end of the world.
0: Okay. Um, right. I feel like there's this great Agatha Christie quote, and I wish I could remember it right oh. now, but it's like um, one clue. Oh, what's that? I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on. Because it's so good.
1: While she does this I'm going to We should talk about The fact that they Introduced
2: the psychic Aspect of Wednesday Which is new
1: Oh yeah That is new Uh, How do you feel about that Eddie I like it I like that it it hints It also makes
2: Interesting thing Because Nevermore Usually takes on People that Have like
1: Somewhat of an ability Mm -hmm. Or an
2: um. Uh, so it's interesting that it's something that comes up after the fact. The other interesting thing
1: about, I found about, uh, uh, I thought about the show was the fact that, like, this is the first time I think we've had, like, actual concrete evidence that the that there is something supernatural with the Atlas family, right? Yeah. Usually it's, like, kind of, like, it's just, like, wink, wink, maybe. But, like, I feel like this is, like, very explicit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like what is supernatural? What's Lurch? Come on, yeah, Like What is Lurch? He's a Frankenstein <laughs> monster, right? <laughs>
0: like um actually this is interesting because i think the quote was in wednesday i think that's where i heard it recently and i was like oh that's right there's that quote but it's google is telling me it's ian fleming who's the author of james bond so whoever it is and i think this is how it goes but it's like when when you're doing when there's a mystery right Mm -hmm. and it's like in terms of developing clues and stuff um, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. Do you remember her saying, like, a quote like that where it's, like, once is a coincidence, two is a clue, three is proof? It was, like, something, like, along those lines. Do you remember yeah, that Yeah, I think it's there? when she's
1: talking to the sheriff of
0: yeah. all things.
2: and then she says, I don't believe in coincidences.
1: Right, something along
0: those lines. Yeah, and a good mystery will, like, you know, will, it's, it, like, you're convinced, then you're thrown off, and then you're, like, that was the only conclusion kind of a thing. Um... That to me is how a good mystery works. You kind of always have to be like giving out new information stuff. So in terms of the mystery, other than it being slow moving, in the first couple of episodes, other than there being a monster, there's not much information that is given. So I did have qualms with that in terms of like being like in terms of my mystery. It's like, where are my new clues? You know, where's my evidence? Where's my this, this or that? Like it just, I don't know. Did you guys feel like it was a fast moving mystery? Because there was also so much going on that it felt uneven too, which whatever I get, it's a TV show. There's other stuff and there's B stories and other characters.
1: Uh, I don't know. I thought it was, you know, you get stuff
2: later on too. And her, got stuff in her, her visions, her visions move that that forward. Um, when she learns more about when she just learns more about her 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 parents' dark past, like what happened yeah. to them when they were students in school. That doesn't happen until like back.
0: episode five, right? Yeah, yeah like later. the halfway yeah, point. Yeah, the halfway yeah. point for me. Not even. Yeah. That's I think it's too like the... late.
1: <laughs> but um, in terms of the actual, hmm, I'm trying to think. No, but also I'm like I. Riverdale, you would hate Riverdale, right? Because Riverdale is the show that had to get padded with 24 episodes for a full CW season. Oh, my God. So there's literally episodes where, like, nothing, not one thing has to do with, like, the overarching mystery of, like, who killed uh, this girl's brother, right? <laughs> like, so that's the pitfall of sometimes, like, teen mysteries, but um, it didn't bother me because, like, I think overall for, they were... Each episode is still connected overall to like the monster and like the the mystery itself. Like I don't, maybe mystery is little, no, it kind of wasn't mystery. This was it, it, it was it's who's doing it kind of mystery happening here in this in this thing. To, uh, uh, to, I called it from the get go, but like I'm also just like usually, I feel like I'm pretty good at like calling it early on. Like who is the oh you thing. are oh yeah
0: I, yeah hold on, hold you should on. read more mystery books.
2: So uh to to. Uh to piggyback what you said, or just uh so her the this is an episode um episode three Friends or foe, where she goes to, to paraphrase Agatha Christie, there we go. One coincidence is just a coincidence. Two are a clue. And three
0: are proof. Yes, that's exactly it. That's what that's she saying. That's exactly, exactly it. Go, yep. Just narrating away. And that's the uh, thing, but th- things have to be constantly coming up to throw you off and stuff. And at least I felt like in the first couple episodes, things were not coming up enough for me to even like be like, so what's the mystery? Who's the monster? That's it. Who is the... Yes, right. Okay, yeah, fine. In that sense, I would agree with you.
1: Fine. Uh, the mystery... Things don't start falling into place until, like, halfway point. And, yes, as someone who loves mysteries, I understand that. But I love a teen drama, and I just wanted to know more about, like, ooh, we, we have to compete in this random race in the middle of a murder. Like, that's what I love about these silly things. Like, Harry Potter is king of this. Like, yo, there's, like, literally a demon coming out <laughs> yeah. of like your bathrooms, but like, okay, sure. Let's keep focused. Let's on, play like, Quidditch. The-, guys. The-, but <laughs> the, the thing is that she
2: does point that out and she, <laughs> and you, and she always challenges the head mit- mistress on this. She says, the problem here is your complacency on what's going on here in the school and the town. Okay. And it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's good because she's, the, the, the funny thing is that she is challenging the headmistress and the headmistress says, you don't know what I have to do to keep us all safe, you know, and you don't learn that until the end. Yeah. And that's when it's a realization for Wednesday to be like all this time, you know, this is what she was doing. What she did the best is love the school, you know,
1: it's so funny because we're watching this as eddie and i are playing a dungeons and dragons campaign where the stakes are high we have to save the universe or something right but first here you're stuck in this high school where you guys are playing substitute teachers for three days solve this murder and i'm just like literally there's way bigger things going on here what why are we why are we doing this right that's what a good teen drama is it's just like yo like there's murderers happy here. Why are we playing this, uh, yeah. this nevermore tournament? You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause that's the thing, but that's the thing with like, I think, I think that might be the appeal of, of a good high school drama. Like everything always seems so larger than life and exaggerated. But like when you were in high school, everything everything was. is that way. Yeah. 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 You know what definitely, I mean? Definitely. And that's the appeal and, of and everything these shows. Had that
0: life
2: or death. Scene, yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> uh, and, but, and also what I, I, I do love about the show is that, she calls out the monsters. And the monsters are not the vampires or the gorgons or the werewolves. The monsters are like people like the mayor. Or uh, the complacency of, of, of the sheriff. Always thinking it's 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 the weirdos that are doing this. Mm-hmm. You know? And and uh, situation even with the founders, when they when they find out who the founder of their town the founder of this town is like this monster like not like a monster of a human being a bigot basically you know yeah who like killed people
1: oh who there was burned them alive alive. you know there was a great line though there was a great line where (laughs) christina ricci who ultimately proves to be the bad guy and descendant of this evil person who raises him from the dead (laughs) she is like talking to him like spilling her heart out to him but he's like from the Pilgrim era, right? So as she's talking, he just basically says, "Enough talking, foul woman, you wench. Uh, know your place in a man's world," something along those lines. And he walks off, and she it just cuts to her hair, just saying, "She's like, never meet your heroes, right?" <laughs> and I, it was just silly stuff like that that made the show so fun. I think Christina Ricci was good. I called it right from the get go that she was the villain. She had but, to be. I mean, know. she can't be involved yeah, and not have a major role. You know, of course. No, it's just like she is the wednesday adam she has to pass down the torch be the main adversary
0: yeah she's great she's so beautiful too she's still like really attractive yeah
1: have you not seen uh yellow jacket yellow jackets is that a tv show that's like yeah Yeah. it's a showtime show but it's uh she's
2: crazy in that oh my god
1: it's one of those shows that takes place in two different time periods one is in the 90s where these high school students their plane crashes and now they're stuck in the woods and like shit goes down and then the present in which the surviving students are someone is digging up the past and stuff and uh some of this and there's only like i think like four survivors out of the initial 13 that we saw who survived the plane crash mm. It's just like how did we get from from there to here oh and that's Christine cool Richie is one of the present characters to that and show. stuff and she is yeah nice Cool. You got Emmy nominated, girl.
0: I don't watch. As will
1: Jenna Ortega for Wednesday.
0: (laughs) We shall. We shall see about that. (laughs) But what do you guys think? Did you watch Wednesday? Are you an Adam's Family fan? Did you like Tim Burton? Did you watch Netflix? Do you watch Netflix? I mean, tell us your thoughts. Email us remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com, Instagram at remakes, reboots, revivals, Twitter at remakes podcast, and you can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just search remakes, reboots, and revivals. And if you enjoy this podcast, please find us on your listening platform and give us a rating and a review if you can. And if you would like to call in and let us know your thoughts, you can call in this phone number and leave a voice memo. 862 248 2326. That's 862 862- 248 248 2326 Sweet. And uh yeah. I mean that's that's it for this time. Uh Eddie, have you read your Agatha Christie?
2: Almost finished.
0: Okay. I'm 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 excited. It's I love a good mystery. Can't wait for you guys to see Glass Onion. That's what I'm excited about cuz that's a good oh, mystery. Glass I'm watching it at home. Onion. Well, yeah, now you have no choice but to do that. So.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> you know, I was realizing that like having movie theaters is not accessible for people who are not handicapable and uh what? movie theaters are problematic yeah because most movie theaters aren't accessible yes they for are people who are hard no not majority of them i think we live in an area where that's like more common for us like yeah because you know we almost have a higher population every density. theater i've been to but has a handicap Around the country, it's a lot harder for people
0: who have disabilities to get to
1: theaters. And huh? uh, have, have you gone to so, a
0: theater in every state and you know, you've know you got your data on that? Like You know your what? Proof? I
1: watch TikToks. <laughs> all right. I watch TikToks about this. And uh, what's it called? Any chance to critique the movie theater industry, I'm here for. That's why TikTok feeds me this content. Well, being that I TikTok, go to the theater TikTok a lot knows, like, you hate with my the parent here,
0: here. who is uh, disabled. I think handicap is not the word uh, Does anymore. Your the- I said
1: I didn't say handicap, didn't I? Did I say handicap? I said handy
0: abled. handy capable. Um capable. We never ever have an issue. Maybe so, we have a good in New Jersey, uh, according to you. It's an other part of this country. I think the
1: Northeast. I think the Northeast is pretty good, but like there are, a lot, you know, some don't have the uh, the captioning availabilities for people who are hard of hearing. Uh, some don't even have like literal ramps. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. more like. Uh, uh, nationwide type of thing but i'm just saying me watching a film in netflix is actually support of our handy capable friends
0: (laughs) well i'm glad you made that statement (laughs) all movie theaters should close now well guys (laughs) until next week stay original